What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Today's show is sponsored by Nurse Your Soul with Lisa. Are you dreading going to work? Tired of spending all your time and energy at work only to come home too exhausted for the things you enjoy? Wouldn't it be great to have more energy and time for yourself, your kids, and to love what you do? Lisa Dunlap with Nurse Your Soul has helped thousands of high-achieving women, mothers, and nurses transform their burnout, restore and revive themselves, reconnect to their passions, and step into the life of their dreams. Sign up for Lisa's Restore and Revive online workshop on June 6 at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. After this workshop, you'll have all the tools you need to thrive, feel inspired, and rejuvenated. Just go to www.nurseyoursoulwithlisa.com. That's www.nurseyoursoulwithlisa.com and sign up today. Hello and welcome everybody to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. And as you know, Look for the Good, that's what we do on Syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. And we meet every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. To learn more and for a full schedule, go to dreamvision7radio.com and get our apps. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition. I'm so excited to be here today, and I can't wait to introduce our special guest to you. And first off, before we get started, as we always do here on Look for the Good, we talk about morsels, morsels of how to look for the good and how to use our mindset, because isn't it so funny how our mindset is just inherently designed to look for what's wrong so we can reprogram that. And that's the good news. And I love talking to people and sharing their stories about how they turn their stories around inside of their head and how they had their biggest comeback story. So before we do that, though, I just want to share a little bit. We're going to focus today on a really cool topic. We're going to talk about the topic of abundance. As you know, I love talking about this topic. And here's the interesting thing. We have those little stories that we tell ourselves. And sometimes they can be disempowering stories. They can be negative stories about things that aren't working and things that aren't going right. And we really, really get tripped up when it comes to our money story. Have you noticed that? When you start thinking about how you want more abundance in your life, what is that little money story that pops up? You know, a lot of times these are stories that were handed to us from a long time ago. They were handed to us by somebody else in our life. So think about that for a minute. Maybe your parents used to say something like money doesn't grow on trees, right? That's one that sticks in the back of my head. All those little colloquialisms are floating around in our head. And when it comes to money, you have to work hard for money. All these things come popping up when we start thinking about abundance. But today, we're going we're gonna to try to change that. We're going to shift the narrative of that inner story. We're going to tell the story of abundance because, as you know, I love talking about the law of attraction. And here's the thing. You're going to get what you think about 
whether you want it or not. And that's the caveat to that. So we have to be mindful when we're thinking about abundance, because there's always two sides to the stick, right? There's abundance thinking, thinking that you already are abundant, and then thinking about what you don't have or you don't have enough. And that's scarcity thinking. And so we want to try to move out of that and move over to the side of abundant thinking. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. We're going to talk about our money consciousness and not just mine and yours, but everybody as a collective. And what is that consciousness and what is our money system and and how do we end all of this thought about scarcity? And that leads me to introduce you to my special guest today. Um, And I have with you today is Kristen Ragusen, and we're going to talk about her new book, The End of Scarcity. It's super powerful. I've been listening to it on Audible, and it's the dawn of the new abundant world. And it's a shift, everybody. It's a shift in your mindset. So Kristen comes to us. She's going to share with us. And through her more than 30 years of experience managing over $150 million in client assets at Merrill Lynch and Raymond James, Kristen learned all about the monetary system and finances. After the 2008 crash, Kristen set out to unravel and solve some of humanity's most crucial belief systems about the monetary system itself. And that's exactly what she accomplishes in her new book, The End of Scarcity, The Dawn of the New Abundant World. Kristen, welcome. We're so excited to have you here today on Look for the Good. Oh, thank you so much, Carrie. It is so great to be here with you. Wonderful. I'm so, you know, as you know, I have been listening to your book. And I can't stop listening to it. It is so powerful. It has opened my eyes up to so many things and shifted my thought about so many things, deep, deep beliefs, which you talk about that we all have um, that are not necessarily true. Yeah, it is so true. You know, writing this book, learning about it all was a revelation of a lifetime for me. And even now sharing it with others, you know, it changes and just how we really are amidst a consciousness shift. I think that's why this information is becoming very present and coming back into the consciousness that we're ready to hear this newly. We're having the courage to look at some of the things that we've taken for granted and to possibly redefine our identities, especially when it comes to money, and especially when it comes to abundance and wealth. That's really, really powerful because if, because we have to, we're at that time in the world where something needs to shift and we can see things falling apart around us, institutions, right? The foundation, what we thought was the foundation, but maybe perhaps it really wasn't the foundation that we thought it was, right? It's really true. You know, and I think things felt so much more solid before. Even when I was writing this book, it was coming to me how clearly all the institutions that we would trust and believed in to be rock solid would begin to dissolve. And though I knew it was the truth that as the consciousness shifts, everything we experience outside around us must shift because it comes from that. It still Mm -hmm. felt somewhat unreal or unbelievable. um, And yet today we're living it. Um, Every day we're living it. And yet you know, so we sort of have one foot on a world that's dissolving and one foot in a world that we know is possible, whether it's unconsciously or becoming more conscious. And now it's time to define how that would be possible, exactly what would be possible. And I do think what's shocking is that it's easier than what we could imagine with that sort of more linear um, past previous mind. I love that. And you talk a lot about that in the book, that it's not this, you know, diabolical end of something. It's actually the birth of a new beginning, right? Which has really been in our 
capacity all along, but we we haven't been able to think because we've been so taught to think a different way for a lot of different reasons that might not really be in our best interest. So it's time to take a look and shift those beliefs. And I, we talk a lot about that here, shifting our beliefs, right? Really, and- yeah. It's and it's amazing how, of course, even when we do it temporarily for ourselves, the outside world can either pull us back or reinforce that. And I, I do think that we have the opportunity to not only lead in that new vision, but also create the structures that will reinforce the new vision and the new way of living. And that's what's really dramatic here. I love that. It puts the power back into our own hands because that's where we feel it's been taken away from the general population, you know, the, the the people, the workers, the people who are out there every day rolling up their sleeves, working hard and still can't make ends meet, you know. And so how do we how do we change our personal beliefs? And that's what's happening with our consciousness. Everything's shifting right now. We can all feel it. It's palpable. There's more people than ever talking about changing beliefs and changing their own consciousness. And the more that do it, the more that collective consciousness changes that that huge vortex, if you will, of energy becomes more powerful when we're all raising our vibrations up to that level. Wow. Yes. So wonderful. And it's 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 so beautiful that it's not just going to a wonderful seminar anymore, which, you know, a few years ago or 10 or 20 years ago, it certainly was. We'd feel wonderful when we were there. And then we would kind of go back into life remembering some of these things. And now, um, even with some of the instability, it's almost making the choice that that could be more real than some of the structures that we've seen. And I th- I, I see that more and more every day. Yes. Um, but this is, you know, the, and this is really the crossroads, I think, is um, understanding that at least on the very positive side, that the scarcity that we're experiencing, whether it's it's the sense of poverty, the sense of not enoughness, the sense of struggle and attempt to create that, that, that centered confidence space of being in the flow. Um, The good news is that we're really just dealing with an illusion of scarcity, no matter how real it seems. And that's why I think the book is titled The End of Scarcity, because truly the, the sense of scarcity that we're living in is viably an illusion and um, the domains of abundance and resourcefulness and flow are sitting right here at the same time. And um, and it really is going to be a beautiful shift to the to the to the real rather than the illusions. I love that. That is so powerful. It's so in line with a lot of things I talk about in my book as well. And really, it's that mindset It's being able to shift our minds to say, hey, wait a second. There is a better solution for all of us. It doesn't have to be the way that it always was. Right. Because if we don't change anything, nothing will change. So we know, right, that we have to change things. And the first place we can start is with ourselves. With ourselves. You know, and how do we do that? You know, I even think um, as I got into the research, you know, I had sort of a very stark awareness in 2007, 2007, 2008, which um, interrupted sort of my identity as financial planner, investor, money professional, um, and it was so dramatic that I even questioned many of 
many of the things that I believed in my whole life. Um, however, it opened this absolute beauty because I went into the world of monetary history, which might sound really boring, but um, the truth of it is it's so exciting. It's actually completely and totally fascinating because this is the history that sort of one way or another has been lost in our lives. And when we get it back, everything starts to make sense. Not only does it start to make sense, it's, it's like we've come home and there, the separations that are really fracturing our societies, even our families, the sense of our country, the sense of the world, it has the opportunity to easily come back together, but come back together with a beautiful new view. And so um, the truth of it is that money itself and our systems have been redesigned over and over and over and over in the past five to 6,000 years of history that we have. And even in the United States itself, we have re-articulated or redesigned the quote-unquote dollar, I think, seven times. Wow. And, you know, I almost have to go back and read the book to be sure if it's eight <laughs> seven times. And we probably are getting ready for it to be redefined again maybe next year. Mm -hmm. um, but even that is a wonderful opening to say, wow, in our world itself, we don't question it. And mm -hmm. Money has so much power. Um, I really find that often we think, okay, we all have our own intimate relationship with it, and we still have a beautiful relationship with life. And sometimes those two concepts are at odds for many people, mm -hmm. instead of money and the beauty that we want to create being one. So when we start to find out that, wait a second, you know, we, money as we understand it has changed over and over for all civilizations. And even this latest iteration that we're dealing with came into power really in 1971. Um, what if, in fact, when we were born into this earth and we saw the big humans around us and the sun and the moon and the rain and money, what if money is actually something that isn't just to be accepted, but it's something to be questioned in terms of what is it and has it been designed properly to help us? And, um, you know, it took seven years to really fully flesh this out and undo a lot of the learning that I had had my whole life, even as a child. And, um, you know, it's it's because this information itself is wanting to come into the consciousness. And I was able to tune into it, tap into it and process it from my background and then my understanding. And, um you know, I, I really believe our great-grandparents were walking around talking about this, and they understood that money itself was meant to be at service to humanity, and that the real wealth were all of our beautiful creations. Um, some maybe we think aren't so beautiful, the mundane things we create, but they are beautiful because they're so necessary for life. So the whole spectrum of what it takes to create a life to the more, you know, refined um, things that that lift our soul from art and music and all the other beauty. But every bit of this is what stirs the soul of humanity, whether it's finding a way to get rid of garbage, to bring water to everyone, to bring beautiful new tapestries and new designs that just bring us closer to the waking of our soul, reminding us every moment that we can retune of what life is really about. And that money itself was meant to solely be in service to this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is on one hand so shocking that we've gotten so far away from this. Um, and yet encouraging at the same time that when we look at the history, that over and over there have been 
periods where humanity thrived, Renaissance periods, golden ages, and the money was created properly during those periods of time, where it was fully in service to the beauty that we created with and for one another. And I think this sort of, I don't know if this is the first principle or the second principle, but I really think the next biggest message that we come home to is that wealth and money are entirely separate and this often I find confuses people because, of course, we've been so indoctrinated to believe that wealth and money are one or that wealth, that money is wealth. Mm-hmm. Yet it's a mere technology like the wonder of the computer that helps connect us or um, gives us a chance to f- learn new information or the telephone that helps us to connect with one another. It's the communication that's the wealth. It's mm-hmm. it's car that is the mere trans it's it's the mere technology that allows for the transportation but us moving around is the real wealth mm. and money was actually created to facilitate the exchanges that we have with one another and to actually store that credit that we continue to give the field that you know whether it's field equity we could call it mm-hmm. you know we're constantly enhancing the field that binds and connects us and so we have the opportunity when we look at it this way, which is coming back home to really the correct way to look at money and wealth to say, oh my goodness, when I sit with that for a little while, I find out that every single person was born wealthy because every single person is born with unique talents and gifts and skills and the ability for labor, the ability for our souls to be lit up and that this itself is unending. It actually links right into the law of attraction and how it comes home to even some of the more groundedness of money dynamics that it in fact is constantly pumping as the abundance that wants to be expressed. And so when we come home to this principle that that wealth is inherently inseparable from our being, inseparable from life, inseparable from the principles of love, we recognize, wow, abundance is unstoppable and it is part of our being. So then the question becomes, have we designed money properly Mm. in service to this? Exactly. To reflect that. Does it reflect that? Does it feel like it's enhancing who I am or is it taking something away from me? Am I constantly running after something that's an illusion and I lose myself in the process? Because like you're saying, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to be the bridge, you know, to to be the bridge and to be this beautiful bridge because with the bridge, we can come across that bridge with our beautiful passions and everything that makes us so unique and individual, our God-given, if you will, gifts that we came to this planet with. And that's the beauty of looking at it in a different fashion. I love that reframe on money. It's super powerful. It really is. You know, and even if you think of the essence of money, how it longs to be liberated also. Um, You know, even early on, I was thinking, oh, the book, maybe it would be called The Liberation of Money. And I thought, well, that won't mean very much to people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then I sort of just really intuited that instead it would be called The End of Scarcity. And um, having no idea really what kind of crunch we would be at at this point in time where people are feeling scarcity or even the fear of it more than we really ever have Mm -hmm. in the past 30 or 40 years, certainly in America, on a broad-based sense. And, um, you know, so so is it possible that money itself could be designed in such a way that it would allow this real abundance to flow 
based on contributions, based on even a self-sustaining system that did not require some type of political ideology mm -hmm. to continue to argue and, and create sort of this side and that side or upside and downside. And the truth is, yes, um, people all, you know, really enlightened peoples who were so lucky to have this information come back in for periods of time were able to know this and experience it. And this is what's coming back to us today, that when we start to look at what money is and how it's designed in our society, we have to have a little bit of courage to look and a lot of curiosity, because what we're going to find is sort of a shocking thing. Number one, money actually truly does not exist in our society. And it did exist in other societies. It absolutely did. Um, it wasn't always the correct form, um, but, and sometimes it was absolutely the correct form. So what does this really mean? You know, it sort of sounds like a farcical statement, but, you know, we're dealing with something that temporarily exhibits and acts as money. And I've been using sort of the analogy when you think of a ceiling fan and it spins like a disc, mm -hmm. you it's spinning disc, but when it stops, it's actually something with blades, separate blades on it. And so money itself today, um, we sort of don't know where it comes from, or we guess maybe the Federal Reserve as proxy for the government creates it. I don't know. Does the bank keep some of it inside of the bank and then they create um, more money from it. These are sort of leftover ideas from years past. And we're really dealing with something called the credit creation of money, which means banks create 97% of our money and they create it as someone's mortgage. So when someone comes to take a debt from a bank, um, it, the banks really don't need any reserves. There really is no reserves in banks. And this is confusing also with the deposit runs that we've seen but they just have the legal ability to produce our money supply. And it comes with double book entry. So if someone borrows $100,000, the bank creates a plus 100,000, and then they create a minus 100,000. And so now that person has to go and pay back that money on a monthly basis. But when they spend the 100,000, it now starts to circulate in society and it looks like dollars, but just like a quarter, that's the head side. And really, the tail side is their promissory note or their promise, their debt. So what we are being paid with, what we're saving with is really someone's consumer debt. Mm -hmm. And this creates quite a problem. And here's the hidden source of the conflict that we feel where we know we're so in tune to the beauty of this world and the endless abundance of this world and the wonder. And why do we have this conflict of the sense of not enoughness or even companies or corporations working against the common good, or this corruption that we see in our political systems, or all of this heartbreak, where is this contortion? And I say the magic is, guess what? The money unit is misdesigned. And so the beauty is we found the total root of the source that we can change. Mm -hmm. The big thing is when money is created as someone's mortgage debt, it's important for people to be able to pay off that debt. But when that debt is repaid, not only does it give peace to that person for a temporary moment by wiping out that debt, but it also extinguishes that money. And so the kicker is the more debt that's repaid, the less money that exists. And this is really shocking and it needs to be heard because it flies in the face of all spiritual principle. And if we were starting a society, we would never design a unit 
of exchange or the dollar to monetize barter as a mortgage debt. And so right in here is the golden opportunity for change. This is huge. We're going to take a break right now on this moment because I think it's a beautiful spot. And we'll come back. So don't go anywhere. You've got to hear the rest of what Kristen has to share with us. Hold tight. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, and welcome back to Look for the Good. And we are here talking with Kristen Ragusen, and she left us with a cliffhanger. And we were talking about money and and the incongruence that we've created in this world right now and how it's not even aligning with some of the spiritual laws of nature. And exactly where does that leave us? Well, I think it leaves us in the way you describe in the book is with a lot of hope because there's a lot of room for improvement. And I love that thought. What do you think of that, Kristen? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, we're sort of, sometimes I say we're really in the birth canal um, or 
we're we're in the chrysalis so tight, getting ready for those wings to unfurl as the butterfly. I just always pictured that the caterpillar was having a better time. You know, I always <laughs> I always thought it was more sort of a blissful kind of lulled place. But you know, it is that a responsibility is being birthed in us, and um, it's I it, I always feel like it's so important to talk about some of the structural inadequacies that create this scarcity and that was such a revelation to me and yet also a gift because i saw wow how easy it is to solve this problem because the all the problems political economic social and the confusion is being rooted in the money and i never expected to find it here but you know how the consciousness is linked to this even though other civilizations before were able to create it they only were able to create it temporarily because we fell back into this consciousness that sort of has plagued humanity of the trinity of being the victim, the villain, and the hero. You know, and saying, oh, there has to be someone to save us. Oh, there are these bad people that do these things. And here's this victimhood. Now, we can find this pattern sort of circulating in our lives all throughout the day because it's still sort of left in the grid or left in the DNA. And we are being called to now step to the next level, which says, you know, that story or that play doesn't serve humanity anymore. And even if we can point to, oh, the Federal Reserve does this, or oh, the World Economic Forum, or these super national institutions that seem to want to really control the world, perhaps, these are the bad actors that we have to get rid of. None of this is really true at its root, because even though we're unique expressions of the divine and the endless pumping through us, we're all completely inseparable and part of the one. And so in this dynamic, this sort of paradoxical dynamic of saying, huh, if I want my prices to be cheaper at the store and I want my stocks to be higher, am I that different than Walmart who that might dictate the prices and, and get rid of small actors out of the market or Amazon? Or is that just a bigger image of the fractal of humanity? And so when we start to have grace for ourselves and grace for the greater system at large, we begin to have the courage to really step into the curiosity to say, huh, wow, there's a greater spiritual calling to, to really own and embody the truth, which is that there's more than enough for everyone. And in fact, the source is unlimited. And the resourcefulness that's pumping through us when we're this fueled and connected and the systems themselves are requiring the tenacity and the sort of groundedness to say we could redesign them. And in fact, guess what? As any other principle of nature, it's going to require tremendous simplicity because the mm -hmm. true and pure embodiment of any proper system is always simple. So I do think that um, for the periods of time where money was created correctly, which is that it was not created as a consumer debt, and um, the founders of this country came here because they were all in debt and they really wanted to have a beautiful new start at that level of consciousness. And they were coming off of quite an enlightened period of 600 years in England where money was created correctly in the fact that it was worthless. It had no value itself. It was much like the equal sign. And they had a benevolent king at that time who made sure that the amount of money tokens or their dollars, which were tally sticks, mm -hmm. 
pieces of hazelwood that were broken in half mm -hmm. that created a fingerprint when they were broken so they couldn't be counterfeited and they made sure that enough money was flowing in society to be equal to how productive the people were and if the people were less productive they had less money flowing if the people were more productive they had more money flowing so just like the equal sign or if we were given a, a hundred equations and we were asked to find out how many equations matched, we wouldn't have to go out into the backyard and dig up equal signs or worry that we didn't have enough or we had too many equal signs. We would just simply have exactly how much equal signs as matched. And so money in service to our gifts and exchanges for one another was always supposed to be in the proper quantity in, in society, flowing around like snow in the snow globe for as much money or as much things wanted to trade between buyer and seller. And this comes home to the spiritual principle that we are nothing without relationships. And this can be saying hello to a stranger, seeing someone in a store to the most intimate relationships we have but we only know ourselves with one another. And likewise, there cannot be a buyer without a seller, a giver without a taker, and the money systems also have to express this. So the early colonists who came to America knew how to create money properly, and they issued money to represent productive land banks or productive farms. Um, unfortunately, the system got contorted. The, the consciousness was not able to hold. Um, it was the source of the Revolutionary War. And even though the war was won in 1812, another war came, which put the British constrictive system back into place. So we are now in the realm where our dollar is going to be redefined again. And um, the possibility, as a lot of the instability continues to be, that our survivor nature gets triggered. And we worry just from the old programs who have been here, are we safe? Are our families safe? Is our country safe? Is the world safe? And we easily can go into wanting someone just to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. But like that little baby chick who's growing out of the egg or the the really new creature of the butterfly who's emerging out of the chrysalis, we're being asked to hang tight to the vision, vision that's so beautiful, which is a world that works for everyone, that flows from the abundance of our gifts, and that we would actually really easily be able to uh, design alternative currencies ourselves. And even I believe our corporations will actually start designing them as well. And regardless of what kind of a corporation it is, because it will have designed the money properly, they're going to either be a Trojan horse for good or an intentional um, player for good. And our money systems are going to open quite dramatically. And even our states and our counties and our cities may redefine currency this way as well. Um, so we're going back and forward at the same time, sort of of this wildcat banking era where the democratization of creating legitimate money from the good that we all can create will start to become our world again. And so powerful. Everybody's sticking with you. Uh, that is a lesson not only in history, but it's a lesson in humanity. You know, it's a lesson in where we're going, what the vision is, what our future is, this the stuff that we know deep down inside when we know that something's off, right? You just feel it deep inside. And we know that this money system's off. And it is the root of all the conflict and the separation, the division in this country. 
you know, it's not really just politics, that's part of it, but it's this deeper rooted problem that causes the emotions to come up in the first place, right? It really is. You know, it's 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 always been interesting to me to think, okay, so if 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 we even get from, you know, religious texts that the love of money is the root of all evil. And I would think, gosh, but you know, money is so beautiful. It's 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 actually this wonderful, light, playful energy that's at service to us. And then when you start to put it really in context, when you think, oh my goodness, wait a minute, if the focus goes on gathering tickets or equal signs or inches, right? Or lumps of gold or whatever we per perceive instead of the focus being on what we contribute and create, mm -hmm. and what's now being prodded next to express in this wild adventure of life. Ah, the contortion comes into place. Mm -hmm. It comes into place so in alignment with the beauty of the endless abundance that's waiting to express here. And so this easily becomes the confusion because when the when when money is misdesigned, right away money is imprisoned. And then humanity becomes imprisoned on this hamster wheel, really, where people now end up living for a job that often for most people doesn't at all exemplify their soul's calling or their gifts. And then the latent depression and frustration and resentment comes into the body, into the family, into everything else, and the depression of soul. And then much more easily we're marketed to sort of with this overdone consumerism, which is required in order to create an enticement to create debt. Because when money is created as debt, you have to constantly have debt. And when debt is repaid, we're in a worse position, so you have to constantly have debt. And yet... The really the the first passageway out of this is coming home, taking a breath, coming home and feeling the connection, the inseparable connection that we have to life. Mm -hmm. That we, even though we can believe it, each one of us could never be separated from the other, and that we are so wanted and so needed, or we wouldn't be here. And the, the whole kaleidoscope of what wants to be created is incomplete without the continued further expression of someone saying, what is it? What is my, even just a simple connection with, with a person and how that then sparks, what is the next, you know, uh, realm or, or, you know, it, adventure may not even be the word. It might even be because it can be more simple than this, but the next, next area that I want to explore mm. and life has this deeper meaning. This is the beginning of it. It's and beautiful. It, it's what's missing. You, I think when you summed it up beautifully, when you said, you know, it's that hamster reel, it's the, it's the constant going, we're burning ourselves out, literally, figuratively, emotionally, physically, you know, the level of anxiety and stress in our children now is a reflection of all this, right? Because this keeps getting handed down generation to generation. And until we can stop and really take a look, because we, we are unfulfilled if we're not making a contribution on a higher level that's what we're here for right to be of service right to contribute i used to get glimpses i remember sometimes like either i would be late for work or over scheduled and i would quickly run into you know the coffee shop or whatever and be impatiently waiting for my coffee and think oh i like to be friendly and i would get this sort of you know, observers, you know, saying to myself, what are you, what are you rushing for? You know, wh where is it? And it would sort of be like my life passing in front of me, rushing the whole life away to get the coffee, to meet the client, to get it done, to, to go to, you know, was it yoga or the next day? And then for what? To sit on my couch? 
you know, for what? And and you would sort of get that consumptive hamster wheel um, nothingness. Mm-hmm. And um, I would even sometimes have these visions in college at even parties, you know, to think what is all of this really for when where humanity is sort of being um, drilled into this addiction of consumption, achievement, agendas, endless growth, and and this this growth imperative, of course, where corporations are seeking more and more growth, the stock market is seeking more and more growth for what? Mm-hmm. And it comes from creating money as as consumer debt, um, because you have to have ridiculous growth for no, no reason. But it also comes from the emptiness or the or or leaving the human soul, yeah. and which no paycheck or no money could ever pay off. And um, because even as we step away from that for a time being, the higher sense of ourselves whispers in every little crack that's open and knocks quietly, wakes us up at three in the morning that we were meant for more, that life was always meant for more. And believe it or not, a money system can absolutely be built and is meant to be built to mirror the more of humanity and the beauty and soul-filled life. I love that. That's a beautiful point. We're going to take a minute here to, for a little commercial break. Everybody stay tuned. We're going to come right back on this sentiment. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore Human Design for Business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? 
That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, and welcome back to Live for the Good. I'm talking here with Kristen some more about the philosophies behind her book. She's sharing the history of money and and what's wrong with this congruent system and, and really the hopeful message that there is a way out. There's a way off this hamster wheel, you know, this longing that we have for more in our lives. And I love how you talked about everything in nature is so simple. You said it was brilliantly simple or you used a, a, a word, a phrase that was so powerful to me because the answer is so simple. Can you talk a little bit about that with us? Oh, absolutely. You know, even any reflection I think that we have out the window or walking in nature, we see the symbiotic order you know, in, with with the beauty of the seeming chaos. And I would also, I would often remark when you hear the wind going through the trees or the insects or the birds, or, you know, there's a symphony in nature. And here we are, these incredibly amazing beings that we are even just getting a glimpse of understanding. But often humanity is sitting around telling stories of woe while the beauty of nature is singing. And yet we have these incredible insights and, and awe-filled moments where all of a sudden we're lit up. And again, we're, we're in tuned with the, the beyond the, the whole life that's beyond us, which of course really is what makes life living. So how is it that we now join all of this in a more consistent, more coherent way and begin to sing with nature? And I do think it really is with reclaiming our power, not really in that traditional masculine sense of reclaiming our power, but actually reclaiming our power in allowing the contradictions and allowing all of it to exist at once and knowing that there is a perfection in it and a greater wisdom that's speaking. And as we do this, um, life begins to order itself a little bit more in that um, that knowing starts to come front and center and we become wiser in the actions that we're taking and wiser in the lead of where our energy is going and what we're we're really enhancing in this world so though this is new you know i definitely think we have our sea legs at this point there have been enough frustrations or enough things that have been either quote unquote taken from us or lost, or all kinds of really um, heart-wrenching injustices that we have seen, that we have gotten our sea legs into saying, you know what, maybe we do know better. Mm -hmm. And maybe there is a much greater happening behind all of this busyness and just mere getting. And then, of course, when we get things, how quickly they break down, or how all of a sudden they didn't quite seem the way they did. And even the effort, again, of clearing things out and cleaning and the meaninglessness of it. So as we engage in that space of the greater wisdom and this sense of power that humanity is being reinfused with, we're coming now to the opportunity to let go of that old 
um, you know, Trinity that I was talking about before, that old story that's so easy and tempting and familiar and comfortable, especially when we're feeling a little bit low, to tell the stories of how we know we were right, this person is wrong, and boy, what, you know, look at what happened to me, or oh, poor you, and and we connect on that. I think that even as we do that in old familiar territories with friends or colleagues, we're getting that sense that, huh, I might feel better for a moment, but oh boy, I'm spinning my wheels. And maybe it's time for that old trinity to die as well. And and in that something magnificent is being born. And I think it's called sovereignty. Mm, that's really powerful. Sovereignty, I think, is the tone of, of, of the butterfly. It's the tone of the whole new life as we break out of this shell. And it's the sovereignty of every individual claiming and knowing the rootedness in this earth and also the beauty and the strength of what's possible. And in that, as this continues to embody, these new money systems are built with that. And wouldn't that make everything that would wouldn't that satisfy who we are as human beings and give us that nourishment that our soul is so longing for? You know, it's the emptiness, like you're saying, it's the going, the getting, the addiction to the busyness. And then when you finally get it, oh, I'll be happy when. And when that moment comes, that moment never comes because you'll always go after the next thing, right? The bigger car, the bigger house, you know, it's amazing how these things were. We live in a society, I read a stat recently that said, we live in a society where we live in bigger houses than ever before in the history of mankind, but nobody's coming over. Nobody's coming over. We have these big, huge houses, but you don't you dare stop by my door or anybody's door. You don't do the pop in anymore. Right. You don't. you have to even ask somebody for a date to get on the phone to phone call a friend. Right. True. It is. You know, and I I think this is even sort of the um, new defining of power or even the greater defining of sovereignty, because the the old definitions are come with a sense of singularity you know, or a sense of just oneness that that the individual also doesn't matter. And it really is a we and a me. You know, it's it's this it's this complete dichotomy that you are a singular, unique individual who matters to the whole, but you're also part of the whole. And so um we have yet to really experience institutions that embody this because either they go and we sort of say oh no it has to be the socialist the communist rule the whole is what matters the individual does not matter oh no no it's the individual there's no impact on the whole and yet it's both it's absolutely both so it's this new level in consciousness that as we begin to come home to this that we will catch the glimpse of what the new systems will be like and we are truly the first civilization that's going to bring this here where you have sovereignty and you also have a sense of the whole and this is that greater sense of power of allowing the conflicting um or what seems to be opposing ideas to be here at once and to live with one us and that they will actually bespeak a new wisdom that we have yet to really fully caught and they'll begin to embody in us and there is where the freedom is so that um there is the expression and, you know, and, and being able to create something, but it's not just in the getting because the getting will also be in the, in the relation, in the reflecting so that it has meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, any gift that we provide, like even as, as this, this beauty of this book, sometimes I had moments where I was writing, where I was researching and I just felt like I had to pass out on the ground (laughs) 
you know, I was laying in my bed and I would just stare at the ceiling. I couldn't believe the beauty that I was seeing. And, you know, still it was profound for me, but it means nothing unless it means something with someone else. You know, how how I expand in the sense of being able to see how it impacts others. And then I, in turn, learn as if I've never read this book or learned this material that's in it because I learn it anew again from 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 the the reader now becomes my teacher. It's that's a powerful thing. And that's the beauty of sharing this kind of work. And I say this all the time. When we're able to share our deepest, you know, things that have come through us, things that we've created, they change meaning when we give them to somebody else, right? It's like a like a song. Like I can't tell you how many times I've written a song and then seen my song that meant something to me through the eyes of somebody else that saw it in a completely different way. And that's the beauty of art as well, you know? Wow. And it's really having the courage for the vulnerability to be seen, right? Absolutely. I was just talking to a friend this morning and she said, my whole being is about sharing. And when I share, I'm expanded. And when I don't share, my whole world is contracted. And gosh, what a tone for the truth of, of this. And, you know, I think especially in a world of social media or um, where so much of the pursuit of diversity is actually ending up in conformity, that people are actually afraid to make a mistake or say something wrong in their vulnerability, we lose the gifts of diversity. We lose the gifts of being messy and making mistakes and having the compassion for all of us to say, go ahead. You know, I think even in that um, where you and I were just talking before of of pain needing a new de- definition, letting it be the definition perhaps of hunger. You know, um, I was doing a talk last night and and one man in the group got very triggered by the idea where he was saying, I, if I was seeking wealth, it was a, a wasted life for people, sort of spiritual death, or I was incorrect about the Fed. And the moderator handled it so beautifully where this man was able to speak and share. And it took him some time, but the whole group was lifted up and he looked so radiant after in his sharing. And the ability to say, you know, what might be upsetting. Mm-hmm. And um, so really to have the strength of all of this, where we are willing to to feel that discomfort maybe of an offense and say, oh, maybe it's just some hunger of finding a deeper connection that is beyond our current paradigm. I love that. I think that's beautiful. And with vulnerability is where we're brave, right? You know, I call it vulnerability in my book, you know, and being willing to be brave and share those things because we're all really just a reflection of one another, and and you sharing your story and how you transform inspires me to share my story and transform and we give each other permission to speak our truth and that's that's the beauty of the beauty of the sharing and i love i just love everything i I can't recommend highly enough for everybody to get your book where can they get a copy of your book Kristen? oh you know of course it's it's available at amazon and audible and barnes and noble and apples pretty much everywhere um and it can be ordered at any local bookstore uh or just come to my website which is the end of scarcity.com it's the title or my name um which is k-r-i-s-t-e-n-r-a-g-u-s I am. And um, you can come to Facebook and find me there. I've created a community, which actually is at the website for people to join, to put these solutions. There's a blueprint to actually begin these new alternative currencies ready for communities. And for people who really want to take action or learn more, I've created a a private group at Facebook that people can join. Um, Come follow me on Instagram. I really need to build my social media. I was unable to do it for the last bank I worked for. Um, So, 
you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. Um, my website is probably still the best place to stay in touch as many more things are coming. I want a children's book to come later with cartoons and, um, you know, probably different course modules for people who want to go deeper. But the book, it, I, what I would have done had this book been available for me back in 2007 or eight, because it's the education written in one plus one terms that needs to be in schools in the first grade. It needs to be um, really in every level of school right now and, and for adults because we have to come home to the truth. So I, I just am so appreciative for everybody who wants to learn this because we are together the group who will make this breakthrough possible and this beautiful future a reality for humanity. I love that. And thinking about our kids and future generations to come. And it starts with us because we are in the thick of it here and we're right on the cusp and you can feel it that consciousness is ready to change on so many levels, which is why these institutions are failing. And I just love your take. We could talk a whole nother uh, 45 minutes here, but unfortunately we're out of time. We didn't even get to talk about how crypto plays into this, but I'm going to have you back on. We're going to talk more. So stay tuned. We'll have Kristen back on the show. And again, thank you so much for joining us here. And if this wasn't truly a definition of looking for the good, I really don't know what is. Thank you, everybody. And don't forget, go to her website and also come on to my website at carryrowan.com and you know how to spell that r-o-w-a-n.com and i'll have a link there so you can find kristen easily and remember it is never too late to live your best story be well today's show is sponsored by nurse your soul with lisa are you dreading going to work tired of spending all your time and energy at work only to come home too exhausted for the things you enjoy wouldn't it be great to have more energy and time for yourself, your kids, and to love what you do? Lisa Dunlap with Nurse Your Soul has helped thousands of high-achieving women, mothers, and nurses transform their burnout, restore and revive themselves, reconnect to their passions, and step into the life of their dreams. Sign up for Lisa's Restore and Revive online workshop on June 6th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. After this workshop, you'll have all the tools you need to thrive, feel inspired, and rejuvenated. Just go to www.nurseyoursoulwithlisa.com. That's www.nurseyoursoulwithlisa.com and sign up today. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on Demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. <laughs>